West Virginians believe in the right to life, but West Virginia's state constitution doesn't protect unborn babies. Majority of West Virginians and a majority of Americans nationwide do not want to be complicit in elective abortion, abortion on demand. Just have kids as a way to serve Jesus. And you, I've never met anybody who had kids who later on regretted having them. And have no morals, have no ethics, or perhaps are just simply have low reading comprehension. We might live to see Roe v. Wade overturned. Wouldn't that be great? We say enough is enough. No more. No more. On November 6th, we are going to vote to protect life. You're going to vote yes. I vote pro-life. And vote yes on Amendment 1. So it is obviously clear from those clips that people are fired up. But what are they talking about? The answer to that question would be women's rights, specifically women's rights in Appalachia. Gender issues are extremely relevant in Appalachia, especially in the state of West Virginia. This fall, West Virginians were set to vote on something called Amendment 1, which dealt with the stance of publicly funded abortion. This past summer, Abby and I read J.D. Vance's controversial book, Hillbilly Elegy, in preparation for our 12th grade journalism class. We spent a few weeks reading Elegy before we came back to school, but we had issues with the book. Actually, a lot of issues. Vance's startling comments, including women being in abusive or traumatic relationships and boys not trying in school in order to act manly, are seemingly tossed to the wayside in scope of his larger arguments about Appalachia's problems. So after we discovered the Amendment 1 debate, we started to look at the book we had read in a new way. We saw that Vance was a man in all of this, and that he really had almost nothing to say about gender roles. One passage in Elegy stood out to us in particular, where Vance describes his past attitudes towards school. Vance talks about his school environment growing up, and the gender differences that he saw all the time in the classroom. This really grabbed our attention. Government policy may be powerless to resolve other problems in our community. As a child, I associated accomplishments in school with femininity. Manliness meant strength, courage, a willingness to fight, and later, success with girls. Boys who got good grades were sissies or faggots. I don't know where I got this feeling, but it was there. And studies now show that working-class boys like me do much worse in school because they view schoolwork as a feminine endeavor. Advances claimed ideology is true, that boys don't try in school because it makes them sissies. Then how do we change this? How in a society can you ever change people's attitudes and biases? And how does this all relate to Amendment 1? As we kept searching for this information, we realized that the only way we could find the answers we were looking for was to talk to people from Appalachia ourselves. So we went to Appalachia. Yep, we really did. We drove six and a half hours down south to West Virginia, spending four days in the state trying to find the answers to these questions. Yeah, we were in for a controversial few days. Country roads, take me home to the place. So Amendment 1 is 17 words, 17 words only. Um, This state constitution does not protect the right or the funding of an abortion. That's Erica Howell. We met her in a noisy lobby of the Scholar Hotel in Morgantown. Ms. Howell is the president of Planned Parenthood Generation Action, a new student organization at West Virginia University. And when she says Amendment 1, she's talking about the most important issue for women in West Virginia at the time we talked to her. Wait, let's just go back a second. So what is Amendment 1? Well, according to one woman that we met walking her dog in residential Charleston, Amendment 1 is... Abortion and use of public funds 
for abortion is not protected by the Constitution. Here's the exact wording of Amendment 1 for reference. Nothing in the West Virginia State Constitution secures or protects a right to abortion or requires the funding of abortion. So in essence, this means that, if passed, the amendment would change the West Virginia State Constitution to make it difficult to gain funding to any abortion, not outlying it, but making the logistics impossible in the state. All of the clinics would dry up with no state funding. West Virginians were voting on Amendment 1 the weekend we visited. Okay, got it. So back to Howell. Ms. Howell had a lot to say about the topic, and for good reason. Actually, she came and visited us just after she had canvassed locally about the issue. If they would overturn abortion in the state of West Virginia, there would be no exceptions to it. Meaning, nobody would have access to it in any way, shape, or form. But funding, rights, all of that. And women would die. Okay, whoa. Clearly, Amendment 1 is a huge deal for women in West Virginia, and Ms. Howell has some strong opinions on it. But how do other people feel? Well, we went to find out. And how are you going to vote on that, yes or no? I got you confused on it. You're going to vote yes, we want that. It's a really small um, box on the ballot, on the second page of the ballot, so, um, you know, people might miss it. Have you voted yet? Are you planning on voting? Yeah, the one on the ballot, because it's misconstrued, the people are very confused about the wording. It'll, right, if they reverse it, then, then, uh, like, they... The money won't be there to pay for, like, what is it for? We met these particular women, who were confused about the wording of Amendment 1, on a street corner in Charleston. They were retired teachers and very engaged in our project. It seems that the state has not done a very good job explaining what Amendment 1 is and what it will do. Will it make abortion illegal in the state? Will it take away any chance at state funding and force people to pay for an abortion on their own? People seriously don't know. It seems that whoever wrote the amendment wrote it in a very confusing manner on purpose. And at the point that we talked to all of these people, West Virginians were set to vote on the Amendment 1 issue the next day. And others had already cast their vote. Alarming. Many people we talked to were neutral about Amendment 1 and didn't seem to know what we were talking about or just didn't care. Hallie Sears, who was sitting in the Charleston Mall Food Court, clarified this for us. Honestly, we were a little behind as a state compared to the rest of the country where unfortunately one of the poorest states in the United States and we're not as educated and I hate to say that it's it's a little sad we're a little uneducated in comparison to the rest of the country when it comes to elections the next group of women we spoke to corroborated this claim no I don't vote you don't vote would you care to explain why just because I'm just never really had an interest I guess not really into politics but then, Christine Carner, who we interviewed later on in the day, was extremely knowledgeable. Well, I would say, um, as someone who voted against it, that it appears to be kind of innocuous, but most people think it's a veiled way to basically move towards making it harder. It's already virtually impossible to get an abortion in West Virginia. Ms. Carner is a nurse at West Virginia University Medical Center. Unfortunately, her awareness was in the minority of people we spoke to, most likely due to the fact that she was a nurse and well-versed in abortions and the healthcare system. It's only like, I think, several clinics in the entire state. There's one. Yeah, down to one. Right, exactly. We went to double-check this claim, by the way, that there's only one abortion clinic in the whole state. It's true. The clinic is called Women's Health Center of West Virginia, and it's located in Charleston. What's even worse is that people don't even seem to know it exists. 
One woman sitting on the stoop outside of an all-female sobriety house in Charleston holding a baby that couldn't be more than seven months old didn't even think that there were any clinics at all and describes her personal experience with abortion. I've done it. I mean, I had to. I was on drugs. My boyfriend beat me. I wasn't going to continue to have a baby that I wasn't going to be able to take care of. And you went out of state to do that? I went to, yeah, I went to Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, because that was my option mm -hmm. at the time. I didn't think it was one of us. It's a lot farther than Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, I looked it up. Yeah. It's like all the way on the west side. And do you feel that kind of... Hearing this really made us think. For the first time, we realized that due to the high addicted population in the state, abortion was a real necessity for women who felt unfit to raise children. It was also clear to us that every person we met had a different, and oftentimes uninformed, opinion on Amendment 1, which was alarming considering that they were voting the next day. And with a topic as close to women as this one, we figured that these women would know more about what could be happening to them. But clearly they didn't. But why? We decided to take a broader look at the issue and talk to more people. Where did this animosity and honestly this avoidance towards abortion stem from? Did it relate to other possible gender issues in the state? We did, in fact, speak with more people and found that abortion is just a very small part of the extreme gender issues in the state. In West Virginia, gender roles seem to be very prevalent across the board, alarmingly so. Well, I do feel that uh, women um, aren't always treated fairly and that they uh, definitely, we can see where a lot of times the pay scale was fixed so that maybe a man would get a much better pay than a woman simply because how they would word uh, the uh, job description and things like that. So yeah, we're, we're concerned and, and we do see a little bit of improvement, but not as much as people are trying to say that's going on. These are again the women on the street corner we ran into. What they just said had struck us at the time. Um, I think that unfortunately West Virginia is behind a little bit in, in their views of women and especially in certain positions. That's the single mom who we spoke to in the mall food court. She elaborates. Um, I'm a single mom. I work two full-time jobs. And I, uh, I know that there are men that would maybe question uh, women in, in certain positions, if you will. Um, that's a really tough thing to, to answer because I, I, I don't necessarily know. I think that because we're behind a little bit in education, and, and there are things that keep people or stifle people from taking positions that will better themselves. I think that sometimes women don't necessarily always get a voice. But wait, there's more. The same woman who described her experience with abortion at the sobriety house says, Because women are supposedly better caretakers than men. And more. A woman sitting outside of J.C. Penney says, in, in the business side of it, and where I've been the only woman risk all being men and they, they received more money and they got better promotions. They were just, their opinions were taken more seriously. So I don't think we do it. I don't know what, I haven't lived in other parts of the country for a long time, but West Virginia, it's not that great. But I love West Virginia, but as far as the gender equality, and this has been going on since I was 21 in college. So it hasn't really improved in the last 30, 40 years. Betty Critch, the executive director of the National Center of Excellence in Women's Health at West Virginia University, further agreed. Um, 
we're working very hard for um, healthcare providers to look at us as full operating human beings as opposed to a vagina and a couple of boobs, right? So We met her in a noisy Panera Bread corner booth and during our two hour conversation wherein she says, I just think that gender roles are something that like people kind of like play down except for like in areas where it would matter. I think it's hard to elicit change in West Virginia because it's like, well, it's just the way things are. You know, we do coal, oh you know, this is how we treat based. people. Yeah. It's, it's every, always it's been so hard to work this far. With our new plan to investigate gender roles in general, we decided to get a new type of source, youth. We spoke with Hale Strausser a student at Morgantown High School in Morgantown, West Virginia, for a couple of hours on several subjects. But in particular, this was said on the subject of gender. I mean, I think that probably women, like, gravitate towards, like, higher-level classes than the guys at our school. They kind of just are fine just, like, coasting and just going with, like, whatever is, like, kind of, like, required for each year, you know? They're the guys who are very uh, intellectual and strive for, like, higher levels of education uh, kind of stand out, mm-hmm. for sure. Wait, Catherine, isn't what he just said exactly what Vance said in Hillabilly Elegy? Wow, yeah, you're right. Let's just remind everyone of what Vance said. Vance described that boys didn't try in school because it made them seem like sissies, and getting a grade was a feminine endeavor. So Vance was telling us the general truth about high schools in West Virginia. Not to mention that Morgantown High School is one of the most liberal high schools in the state, located in the most liberal city in the state. What's more, Vance went to high school 20 years ago, and this shows how nothing has changed. And Hale Strausser agreed. They, they act like almost like people who are in support of having the option of abortion. They, they speak of them like they're pro-abortion. Like, right. I, I'm right. definitely not pro-abortion. Right, like like we, every other option is more, is more, de- is more desirable, yeah. but, right. but I don't get why you're going to be against saying pro-choice. I mean, pro-choice doesn't say you have to get an abortion. Like, they, they speak of it almost like we're, we're telling in people. support of, yeah. well, you know, of abortion, of abortion which is of... which is not the, not, not the case for anyone. It's a lot but it's, it's a option. lot more of a realistic idea that if it happens, you should have the choice. So the honest truth is when you only have something like that's like like your family that's influencing you or even like close friends, if you have such a small, like, radius of influence, then you're going to learn to accept things just the way they are. I just want to interject for a second and say, wow, this boy is so knowledgeable for only being a teenager. But perhaps people did more strongly support Amendment 1's passage and making abortions more difficult to obtain than we thought. I think, like, for the most part, if you, like, pulled, like, all of our, like, like, um, very, like, liberal-minded friends together, we would all kind of agree, probably, like, we yeah. expect it to I pass. It yeah, so then, like, I think if it doesn't pass, our attitude's not going to change a whole lot because we're already expecting, like, um, our side to kind of not, like, get the win on this one. But does it concern you if it I bet there'll be protests. I bet the women will come back down to the Capitol like they've been told. If it passes, there will be probably some kind of response. I'm just worried that it will create a um, 
a ripple effect that could potentially be bad, bad, bad for women. On November 6, 2018, Amendment 1 passed in West Virginia. 251,123 yeses, 52.37%. There is now no funding for abortions in the state of West Virginia. It's disheartening to see this result after talking to so many people who expected the opposite, for life to continue as normal. They seem to have expected women's rights in their communities to generally stay the same. But from what they said, people never seemed to actually believe that their government would place these limits on women. They seemed to believe that their government was faulty, but definitely better than that. I almost want to go back and hug each person we talk to, to tell them how sorry I am that this happened. Since the election, we've been trying to piece together what has been going on in West Virginia. And what we found is frankly a little bit scary. Like we discussed earlier about the lack of information, even after the passing of Amendment 1, women still don't know exactly what it means for them. In an opinion article written for the Charleston Gazette-Mail, Jessica Brumfield, an employee at the Women's Health Center of West Virginia, sums it up perfectly. She writes, We are the last remaining abortion provider in the state of West Virginia. Since the election, we've received many calls from patients asking if abortion is still legal. We've even had calls from patients asking if birth control is still covered by Medicaid, or if it's even still legal at all. We're concerned about the patients we're not seeing and not hearing from. As a result, will we begin to see more activism in the state in response to Amendment 1 and its passage? It seems that nothing about this issue is transparent. Everything is covered in the sort of film that blocks a clear view of this really important issue. You almost have to wonder if this vagueness was a little bit intentional. Was Amendment 1 the way that it was just to confuse people, to get a win for the conservative government who just didn't want to keep spending money on this aspect of women's health? 17 words. It only took 17 words to make abortion virtually impossible in West Virginia, eliminating decades of progress in women's rights. Imagine how many more it will take to gain it back. You stand up for justice and freedom and peace. You represent the dignity of every human being. For that to make a difference, we need a critical mass of people standing together, moving forward together, believing together in the right and the just.